Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back, everyone, to Trend Lightly. It's me, Tiffany Scott Maddox, and with me, as always, my beautiful, wonderful co-host, Molly McAneer. Hi, Moss. Hey, babe. Guess what? I'm in jammies again. What kind? Oh, they're so sick. I need to take a picture. They're navy blue, and they're jungle-themed. I have a cheetah. I have a, I think that's a zebra. There's, like, little leaves on them. They're just very, they're very chic. I'm I feel like I can picture exactly what that is. I almost don't want you to send me a picture because I feel like my idea of what that looks like, what I'm imagining in my head. <laughs> I think I know exactly what it is. Oh, it 100% is. It definitely is. They feel like uh like Kardashian Christmas pajamas is how I would categorize them. Are they like medium-sized animals? They are relatively petite, but yeah, no, I would say, no, I would put them at a medium. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. That is exactly what I pictured in my head. I'm in my jammies era. We're really zoned in today, babe. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's true. We're like, <laughs> we're just on it. Um, so Tiff, you're not, do you mind if we say you're not feeling well today? I'm not feeling well. And we were you're discussing this. It's just like, let us know. Is everybody else feeling like they are half of a juiced lemon with all the juice squeezed out this time of year? There's like nothing left in the fucking tank. Well, apart from this bit, there's bits left for this. You know, there's always a little something for Trend Lightly, a little, a little something for the Trend Dogs. But yeah, juiced. And you were saying you feeling a little juiced too. Oh, yeah. Well, I just think, you know, our bodies are ready for it. Mm-hmm. We want to submit. Yes. This is kind of, of course, a lot of people work over the holidays. In fact, I'm working a lot over the holidays. And I know though that every single minute that I'm not working I'm going to be snug as a rug and a bug (laughs) okay (laughs) a rug and a bug (laughs) yeah I'm going to be the rug (laughs) I'm 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 the rug but I just like sleeping zoning out disassociating Mm. like fully resting and the other day I bought a t-shirt I know I'm going to wear over Christmas. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I saw someone at a party or like, a no, a comedy show, and they did a bit where they were taking 
off these like layers of clothes. And one Mm -hmm. of the t-shirts underneath was one that said, never forget January 6th. And I was like, that is the best shirt I've ever seen. I'm so about that. And so I walked up to her after and I was like, where did you get that t-shirt? And she was like, oh, uh, just like Amazon. She's like, it came in one day. So I log on last night to Amazon looking for the shirt. I find it. I'm looking at it and saying like, maybe even as a gag, this isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Then I found one next next to it. And it said, I was there on January <gasps> 6th. And I said, I'm yeah. getting that. Yeah. That's my shirt. Well, speaking of, one of Billy's maker friends actually has a shirt that he put on his Instagram today. And I thought of you. And so maybe we can signal boost it because he is selling them. But I'm just going to send you a pic now. He is a tattoo artist and he makes like black metal style tees. And he made a tailor one that actually looks really sick. Oh, that is very cool. We must link. We must link. I think people like, I remember when I made my Kendall Roy black metal t-shirt and people in the succession Reddit went a little wild for it. And I was like, here's the Canva template. You can print one yourself. But um, who wants to do all that bullshit? This is actually much nicer designed. So um, I'll put a link to it in the doc. It's a really fun tee. And we've uh, got a lot of Swifties in the house. Um, So wait, back to what we were saying, though, about Michael. mm. There was a comment on our Patreon that was the first one in when we put up our episode a day early. And it's from Stoned or a Tasmanian Devil. And it says... Sleep is defo trending. I slept for 12 hours last night and I was just like, <laughs> yes, I feel that like yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, babe, sorry you're not feeling well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm definitely it's, it's one of those like really stupid little things where you feel like non-specific, uh, like a non-specific array of symptoms. So you can't even really label it and treat it. I just feel tired and sick and sad and headachey. I'm sorry. Thanks, babe. Did you take an ibuprofen or something? I did. I did. And actually, I do feel a little bit better now. I had a bag of Quavers as well, which is my preferred medicine of choice. I had a glass of wine. Mm. And that is it so far. We'll see. Well, you're going to be okay, I think. I um. I am concerned. <laughs> Thank you. I could, I'm, if I do get a little more sick, the, the exciting thing is I could be making like a nice little spiked toddy. Mm. I think that would be cool. I've got some spice rum that my mom sent Billy for his birthday and we used it to make these like apple, apple caramel cocktails, but it's just sat there because I'm not really a rum drinker, but now I'm thinking that in a lem sip with maybe like a little bit of THC coconut oil. Hello. Not bad. A little Hello. treat. Hello. You're such a mixologist, babe. I know. <laughs> I could never. I think we got to get you to Brooklyn. Thank you. you. Know? Or it's like maybe 400 years ago, I would be a pharmacist just throwing shit together because there's nothing I love more than prescribing things for people. Dude, isn't there like such a thing? I don't know if you feel this way. But I feel like when I was in my 20s, I would take an ibuprofen and I'd feel like I'd have to take like three. Yeah. In order to even penetrate the system. <laughs> yeah. 
Now I literally take the recommended dose of Advil and I'm like, oh, this like hits. Actually, I did need this. And like, it's just so crazy how your like tolerance for stuff like that just goes out the window. I know. It's our old weak bodies. Yeah. Like I, uh, I took like a couple hits off a joint before we started and I uh, felt infirmed. I was like, seriously, Tiff, take your time. Don't even worry about it. Like, you know, and you're like, no, I'll be there. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, no big deal. I mean, no, I was here. I was ready. I was like, just, I need to learn to put down my phone. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll be like, I just like obsessively read. And I'm like, it would be good for your soul to like put the phone down. Uh, feel that but hard. I've been picking up the Kindle a lot more lately. You're being a reader. I'm being a good little reader. <laughs> People Maybe. have been asking for your book lists. I mean, oh, we yeah. gave your vacation reads. On our yeah. Instagram, but like people want to know your book list. I'll uh, I'll put together my Christmas reading list. Billy and I are reading a book together again at the moment, and by reading it together, I mean I read it to us before bed. Uh huh. And we love a little little trashy short thriller, and we're reading one at the moment called The Surrogate, which is about this woman who's uh, she has a woman in her office who uh, is carrying her child for her, and this woman has gone like full single white female, like nothing adds up. She's a liar. There's some bullshit in her past. I think she said that she was from uh, Massachusetts. Mm. Oh, my God. But it turns out she said she was some other fan of some other baseball team. And then she was like, that's bullshit. She would never be a fan of that team if she's from there. And I meant to fact check that with you. But anyway. Um No, I love that. You know, I I do think that Gone Girl, it's one of the better things to have a lot of dupes made of it because yeah. And maybe that's just the Lifetime original movie fan in me. Like that's the I think at the core of why I love Lifetime movies is because it's that same story over and over again of just this like crazy retribution like mm. obsessed i love it i love Sorry. that it's a it's beautiful there's there's something very satisfying about it oh and speaking of i know it's not a lifetime movie but did you just recently record about christmas karen with christina oh yeah i i so i followed up on your movie recommendation do you love that the one time i'm like timely about watching one of your recommendations <laughs> it's a christmas karen i know <laughs> I would be so insulted if I were you. Like, and you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. But like, I like it, that's pretty egregious. But I watched it with my best friend Christina because I, you know, I knew she'd be ready to call out the Karen. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tiff, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Bad. It was no. like bad. It was a little on the nose. One yeah. of my questions, and I talk about this in the episode with Christina is I'm confused why sometimes she does things that are considered like quote unquote liberal. Like her being, because this was made in 20, it came out in 2021. Uh So like a Karen in the COVID world was definitely a thing. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting because otherwise, I mean, she was really a hateful 
she probably had no political beliefs. She was just selfish. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But she was very bigoted. And I kind of liked the ways that it was like an SVU episode where they would just like throw in random real life Karen stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like little jabs. But yeah, no, like there was a couple moments where I was like, that's interesting that they're, they need to appeal to all Karens when this movie could just be what it wants to be. Ah, uh, I thought it was being too inclusive. I did. Mm. I thought it was strange. It turned you into a Karen. <laughs> it made me a Karen. Well, I don't want to talk to the manager, like, but I, I mean, that's certainly nothing I want to do. But no, I'm not a Karen. I mean, well, if I am a Karen, uh, please be honest with me. But yeah, no, I don't want to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the for no reason no I don't think I'm being a Karen about it but well, I can't wait to hear you recap it I'd be very interested in your hot takes yeah I uh I had just woken up too it, and it was like five you know it was like 3 30 p.m mm -hmm. but I hadn't slept the night before speaking of how <sighs> awesome I love trendy. my neighbor I love him like really so sweet to me you can tell he wants nothing to do with anyone who lives on the street, but like he literally will answer any question. He's so nice. And he often works on his car late at night. That's mm. just like the rub. And but I usually am not bothered by it because I often sleep with like AirPods in, but I haven't been doing that lately. And I woke up at 530 in the morning to the sound of him ripping what sounded like some sort of industrial tape and it was because it and it was so loud and then I've been hearing him still tinker around out there and I've never heard him raise his voice before but I think he and his wife were fighting oh shit and so maybe she yeah, was trying I'm to like, sleep <laughs> normally I like to keep the window open you know, because it makes Pigeon happy and it gets some air in the room, mm. you know. Mm. But my window's firmly shut today. I closed it meanly when oh. I woke up, too. I was I was mean about it and I know he could hear it. And I think he did hear me talking to myself in my sleep. Shit. I mean, yeah, it's really quiet up here, so can hear everything Fuck. okay let's get into the news let's do it bad baby's pregnant i'm happy bad baby's having a baby i'm very happy for her i think this is what she needs and i know that sounds ridiculous but she deserves this her mom yeah. like abused her her whole life basically and continues to financially abuse her based off of a like social media post she's made in the last year Allegedly, I don't know, you know, I don't know, but that's mm -hmm. what she claims. And I think that, I think that she deserves this. And you know what? I mean, look what motherhood did to Trish. I mean, Trish had like the ultimate comeback. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it changed her. And yeah, I mean, I think people want to like test Trish all the time, but like I do think she's pretty stable mm -hmm. and it's nice to see because that's work, baby. Yeah. And she's having another, did we mention that on the show that Trish is having another baby? I'm sure everybody knows by now, but. I think we might have. 
I think we might have, right? No? Maybe in passing. I don't think we covered it as a full story, but yeah, maybe we mentioned it in passing. She's having a little girl, isn't she, called Elvis? Well, she doesn't know. She may, She's having a baby that's definitely going to be called Elvis. Yes. I, I don't know why she doesn't know the gender because that baby looked big. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, she looks pretty pregnant. Yeah. Baby looks big. Yeah. Why wouldn't she know? Very true. Because you know Trish would be wanting to go shopping and getting stuff bedazzled with the name on it and stuff. In a weird way, I think Elvis would be a really nice name for a girl. Yeah, I'm not against it. I mean, her sister's name is Malibu. Exactly. So you just sort of lean in and maybe feel comfortable knowing that you got the slightly better name. Yes. Malibu's going to be rough on a... Malibu Hackman's going to be rough on a resume. (laughs) And I hate to say it. I know. I hate to say it because, you know, usually I think a baby winds up having a good name. But... (laughs) But anyway, let's just say that I'm also getting Kylie vibes from Bad Baby. She's very wealthy. Mm-hmm. She turns, she turned her frown right upside down. How old is Bad Baby now? Maybe like 20, 21. 20. You're right. I mean, that is quite young. But then my mom had me when she was 21. Your mom had you when she was 21, right? Yeah, and I turned out awesome. So. Yeah, didn't we turn out great? So it's fine. Don't we worry about out it. Great. No, but I think she has the resources, and I think that she's one of those people that wants to do it differently. If right. I had to guess, you know, her mom. I mean, she. I saw her do an interview with like Emily Ratajkowski or something. I think one of the gals. Yeah, you know, maybe Julia Fox. I'm not totally sure, but she said that her mom had been sending in tapes to Dr. Phil since she was two years old. So fucking gross. With like a new angle every time. Gross. And she certainly made the best of that, you know, after coming out of a teen prison camp, you know? Yeah. We know that those don't work either. No, they don't. They do not. No, they're awful. Kids die there, you know? But bad baby, proud of you. Do it up, girl. She looks very pregnant, by the way. She does. I'm just looking at the picture of her now. She looks good, though. She looks kind of glowy. Skin looks good. She's probably on the prenatals. Yeah, but she looks very far along. I don't know. She's very short. She's 4'11", so. Oh. You know, you're going to pop. So, okay, update on Kanye and Bianca. Uh, Uh-uh. What did you think when you saw this? Oh, God. Well, so Bianca's been spotted dressed in some kind of way, too. I was like, when did we cover them last? Maybe it was last week or week before last. And it was Bianca had gone back to Australia. She'd essentially fled, so the news was saying, back to the Mm -hmm. matriarchal bosom. And it was like, she's had enough. You know, her family have called her back. They're really concerned about her. And I think at the time we were like cautiously optimistic but not really because I think there's a level of control and coercion that runs really deep within that relationship that wouldn't be as easy to break with just one trip home but finding out that she is pretty much down bad and defending him regardless of what comes out of his mouth is not surprising little disappointing 
and I just feel sad. I feel really sad whenever I see her. I can't dog. So sad. So sad. You know, I've thought, what if we're wrong? You know, what if she really is like this? Yeah. Like, what if she's just like this? And that's something you have to accept. But like something like this comes out. So it's on Daily Mail exclusive. Kanye West's wife, Bianca Sensori, will, quote, defend him until the end against anti-Semitic allegations, claiming his words get taken out of context after rapper was filmed singing, I just effed a Jewish B word. And Kanye had done a concert in Dubai with like a couple other rappers. They performed at some private party. Did you watch the video? No. It's just so it's the saddest. It's a sad performance. It's one of those really sad performances that you might see from someone at like a 16th birthday party or something. It's just uh-huh. in Dubai. So it looks chicer. Yeah. And it's like adults at nightclub tables. But like live rap. I mean, Kanye's a Kanye's a good live performer. He's not like a great live performer. And rap shows like don't always translate great no. to the stage. No. You know? And so it just was sort of that. And then it makes me feel with a headline like this, this is like another form of control. Yeah. Like there's no way Bianca Sensori even has a publicist that has nothing to do with Kanye West, let alone like I sh- does she say that? Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um I don't know. Do you know what this made me think of mm-hmm. that particularly Crazy. gross line the I just after Jewish B. I was immediately thinking about, did you ever watch that Evan Rachel Wood documentary? What's it called? Phoenix Rising. I think I started it and like fell asleep and that's so rude, but it's true. (laughs) Well, it's like, I think there's two parts to it. And in one part of it, she talks a lot about Marilyn Manson's obsession with Nazi symbolism and the anti-Semitism that was like rife, allegedly. Evan Rachel Wood is Jewish. And one of the things that he did was like draw or paint a giant swastika over her side of the bed Mm -hmm. so that she would like it was just above her while she was sleeping or when she was allowed to sleep because he used sleep deprivation tactics on her all the time yeah and that whole like it's like ironic in some way the other thing that he did was like had her pose in his nazi paraphernalia like ss uniforms and hats and drew a little Hitler mustache on her which I think was also like you know potentially career ruining compromise that he was gathering on her so that she'd be too afraid to speak out I mean they did release one picture of her and it wasn't it really wasn't great no but I do remember a level of kind of like grace being given to her because it was obvious that she was in an As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. An insane situation. Right. And like that, it, that in and of itself is so depressing to yeah. think about. That yeah. like just everyone knew that she was in a terrible position. So and who was the who was the one who historically had a problem? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he's a fucking freak. Yeah, a full on freak. So I don't know. Like uh, for some reason, when I read that, like that Kanye was rapping that line, like sort of the fetishization, it just, like it, it gave me the same like creepy feeling in my body as that like Evan thing, which was like, oh, you're kind of like, it, it's almost like making you complicit in your own abuse and fetishization in some way, like kind of forcing, I don't know. It's gross. It's fucking gross. Kanye's fucking gross. It's so, it's like, it didn't have to be this way, Kanye. It did not. That's like all I can think as someone who was a huge fan is like, it didn't have to be like this. And yeah. like no one there's there were so many people who even as like a huge yes person, there were so many people in your life who wanted to help you fix this. It's yeah. just sad, man. It's just sad. But happy news. Do you want to want to do some happy news? <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Connie's anti-Semitism and his fucking I don't know. I mean, right. What can we say that has not been said before many times? It's like, it's awful. Like, I don't even know what's going on, man. Like, that's how I feel. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. So, okay. Tell me about Blue Ivy. Uh. 
So I went to see Beyonce's film on Friday and had the time of my life. It was a phenomenal almost three hours of my life that I spent. You know, you have to remember, you know, anyone who's a member of the Beehive knows that like we live in in perpetual neglect and drought from someone that we really enjoy. And she so rarely gives us anything. (laughs) So this is, um, this is a very special occasion. I honestly, I spent the whole day like practically vibrating with excitement. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, she's finally going to give us something. She's going to give us something. She's literally going to let us have it. Oh my God. And I got to tell you, one of the main reasons why I went to this tour, I love, you know, I love seeing her live, but I'm getting older (laughs) Mm -hmm. is because I was so terrified that she would pull the same shit she did with the Formation World Tour and like never release any footage of it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have to see it because who knows if she's ever going to let us see it. Who knows? This could be my only chance to see this. Yeah. So I went, so I went and it was, it was phenomenal. It was like, you know, it was overwhelming and whatever, but I was really looking forward to seeing it filmed because that's the best seat in the house. You get all the best angles, you get the best takes, you get the best performances from every night all stitched together. Like it's truly, I mean, that really is the best seat in the house. So yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was really, really good. It has this really interesting balance of behind the scenes footage and live performance footage, you know, across the entire tour. It's very, very well edited and it's very like funny at moments, very funny and self-aware and very human. Um, and there's quite a lot of blue Ivy in this, in this film. What a treat. What a treat. There's blue talking there's blue dancing, there's blue in the background and stuff. She seems like very well adjusted. There's this like- She seems smart. I saw the the clip of this scene on Twitter. I don't, sorry if someone stole it. I don't know if it was just released, but I like, I was like, wow. Like she's so like, how cool that you get to see someone's kid grow up like that. Yeah. It's in this whole section, like the behind the scenes footage, I guess, is kind of packaged together around the themes of the tour. So the bit about blue is in the section where Beyonce is talking about time and the idea of time and the idea of like feeling your time running out because you're looking through the eyes of your children who are growing up so quickly. And then you go, holy shit, so much time has truly passed. So it's like she talks about how Blue, when she was like 11, 12, decided that she was ready to start performing. And Beyonce was like, absolutely not. This is not a good environment for a child because, you know, it's really high pressure. And also Beyonce is really consciously aware of like, she didn't have an entire childhood because her parents, or in particular Matthew Knowles, had sort of thrust her into performance and pageants from a really young age. Well, he put her through the paces and like, you know, I think Beyonce is very aware that like all of those years of even Destiny's Child, which is crazy to look back that she mm. was in Destiny's Child, like that feels so far away in some ways. Yeah. But like that's where Beyonce lived for probably even a longer part of her career than so I don't know. No, actually, time has gone by. You're right. Yeah. But like she was in that she was in a group forever. Like that's wild, man. Yeah. There's a lot of that footage of her when she's really tiny, you know, and like singing in the backyard and she must be about nine. 
you know, before the group, when she was in the hip hop rapping girls time. (laughs) Yes. God bless girls time. (laughs) So yeah, she talks about how she, you know, she wasn't really on board initially with, with blue performing. And I think because of that preservation of her own, wanting to preserve a little bit of her childhood because of losing so much of her own. But they said to Blue that if she worked really hard, she could do one show as a treat. So very cute. Blue learned some, you know, the choreography for My Power. And she comes out and does a show. And then obviously everybody, you know, there were clips of it everywhere. People were talking about it on the internet. And they talk about how Blue through a friend had read some of the comments of people talking about her and talking about her dancing and how it was lackluster and all the rest of this kind of shit and decided, well, I'm going to, like, I'm going to show them. Basically, I'm going to work really, really hard and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to get better and I'm going to show everyone that, you know, I can do better than this. And so she did. And that's why she ended up continuing to perform. So I think what's quite interesting is Beyonce has another dance captain on this tour this woman I think her name is Amari who's a kind of plus-size dancer who just seems like such a beautiful spirit and Beyonce says in the documentary I can't imagine talk about leaving people who I trust with my child I can't imagine a better role model than someone like Amari so there's like a lot of love for this new dance captain and then they just show all of this like footage of Amari and Blue dancing together like kind of figuring stuff out and being nurtured and being well taken care of and there's a very like they show a lot of the family atmosphere of this tour I think one of Beyonce's horn players was heavily pregnant throughout the tour and there's like a really sweet moment where she's she's there with her little bump and they're talking about how it's like you know she's going to be you know really pregnant by the time the tour's over and they show everyone kind of kissing the belly and rubbing the belly as she's like goes throughout the tour it's so cute Oh, I can't wait to go see it. I'm going to do, I'm going to make like I did with the Eras tour and I'm going to wait until it's been out for a few weeks. I don't want to get COVID. No. I'm not trying to get COVID and I know that it's going to be packed. And I think that I just need to try and commit to like a morning show Mm. on a day that I can kind of take off a little bit. Like a Wednesday morning. Yeah, exactly. Wednesday morning is actually the day. That's the day I should do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, in three Wednesday mornings, I'll let you know how I feel about it. <laughs> I can't wait. It's very cute. Blue's very sassy. There's also a great scene where they talk about bait, maybe taking Diva out of the show. And Blue's like, Diva, no, mom, no. And Beyonce's like, Blue, you, you got to settle down. Like, they, you can't be doing all this. And she's like, but mom, it's Diva. <laughs> it is. It's and then diva. it's like smash cuts to like Beyonce doing Diva which is very funny. Like the edit of it is really funny because Beyonce's like, it's kind of, she basically says to Blue, like, it's not up to you. Like you need to settle down. And then it just smash cuts to Diva and it's like, we know Blue Ivy has her foot on Miss Giselle's neck, you know? Yes. She she answers to one person and one person only and that is Blue Ivy. (laughs) She's the boss. She's the boss, bitch. So yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited for you to see it. Beyonce is so lucky that she had a Capricorn. A Capricorn and a Virgo is a wild oh. pairing, but it's it's gets the job done. Hell yeah. Okay, babe. So get fucking ready. I'm ready. This is the juice. We're getting some juice, okay? This is things are about to get fucking crazy. Thank you to everyone who stayed this long. We're here. So 
Tree Payne, Taylor Swift's publicist, who comes out, I think her last post was a retweet six months ago about some sort of record that Taylor had hit. Okay. Mm. She never comes out. She never says stuff like this. She works in the shadows. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she posts to Twitter a post from Dumois. And the post reads as follows. Okay. It's a message and she's going to comment after. So the message says, I think Swifties need a reminder that just because Taylor wrote a sad song about Joe on December 21st, doesn't mean they broke up around that time or that she was unhappy for all of 22, 22, 23. Anyone who's been in a long-term relationship will tell you that there are highs and lows. She could have written it during an argument and it was and was over it the next day. She's Taylor Swift. She's always writing songs. I think people also need to realize that Jack Antonoff has a quirky personality and him making faces does not equal him hating Joe Alwyn. He, he always has resting silly face. That's just who he is. Of all of her friends, she follows. she still follows the guy. And finally, people need to stop trying to rewrite history. She was seen with Joe off and on all the way into 2023. She made a specific reference to the length of the relationship in Glitch that strongly implies a continuous six-year relationship, 2,190 days. Even you, Dumois, is now trying to claim that you thought they were on a break in 2023 when you were maintaining that they were secretly married up until, up until and after they broke up. LOL. The relationship clearly has cracks in, as evidence in some songs, but there's zero proof that they broke up this year before we knew, as some are trying to claim. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I think it's me, but I also might just... Okay. So... Dumois writes to this. She did have a ceremony in either 2020 or 2021 in the UK, and it was described to me as a marriage by more than one person. It was never made legal. I will die on this hill. Put it on my tombstone. I have no reason to lie. I could give a shit what she does. I'm sorry she didn't tell you guys about it in a song, but just because she doesn't sing about it, sing about something doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay? hmm And so... Tree Payne writes in response to that, enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never a marriage or a ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like these. Tree coming in hot. It's not good. It's not good. It's so wild to me that, I mean, We've we've kind of tracked this anyway, because Dumas has been very insistent that there was some sort of marriage or some sort of ceremony. And even when there's been massive evidence to the contrary, she's really dug her heels in and insisted that it like that it's absolutely true. She lives for it. She lives for it. And I think like yeah. the then the breakup and all the rest of this kind of stuff. And it was like, look, I don't know if Dumas is always the most reputable, but it did feel like this was a a pretty big blow to the integrity and reputation of, of shit that was on that page. So she's trying to preserve that, I guess. She's trying to like claw back some semblance of it. Taylor's team. No, Dumois. Like oh, by, well, by not faltering, by just being yes, like, no, I'm right. Oh, I'm absolutely right. Word. Okay. I get you. So, okay. This was 
right away seen as some people like I was seeing right away on Swifty Twitter like mm, lawsuit like what's going on mm. so please let Taylor be the undoing of Dumois Ooh. right so Dumois posts this tweet and she says, well, I make zero dollars from lying. Can publicists say the same? Shrugging emoji. Also, to relate something that is in reference to something that happened years ago to, quote, pain and trauma after what just happened seemed like a poor choice of words. Either way, I apologize to Taylor. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the after what just happened is a reference to how a young fan at one of Taylor's recent shows was uh she passed away yeah like during cruel summer like very early on because the venue was refusing free water like on paper and in reality it's like not taylor's fault but this is obviously something that was fucking intense right mm -hmm. and her team did not have the quickest response to it because they are notoriously litigious like they are just they are used to being sued and they are used to suing mm -hmm. and that's it. Like they do it all day. So, okay. So Dumois doubles down and some people, I mean, people like are just like, everyone was on this. That was like the, like kind of the coolest thing about this story is that everyone was kind of on the same page. Yeah. I didn't see anyone defending this. So Dumois then makes a second post where someone sent in a message saying, I believe you. Well, no, sorry. It's a text. Okay. And it says, I believe you. It just feels like now that Taylor's with Travis, they don't want anything positive about Joe to be out there. Like, girl, you were with him for six years. So obviously some of it was good. Why are we blowing him up? Because you found someone better for you. Like I said, I'm a Swifty, but some of her moves lately are really turning me off. Heart emoji. And Dumois writes back, I don't understand why Taylor's PR would respond directly to this. It's so out of character. There are so many rumors always circulating about Taylor. Why would Treat shut this one down? The potential of Taylor and Joe having some time commitment ceremony is not bad publicity. So there has to be a reason why Tree would say this. I'm either thinking, one, Taylor and Travis engagement announcement coming soon, and Taylor doesn't want anything diluting that, and two... There must be some other evidence or something that will be leaked. It's all very strange, and I need to know why now. Hmm. So Dumois also posted a fan theory about Taylor, Taylor Swift's song, Bigger Than the Whole Sky, being about a miscarriage. And that is, I think, first of all, like wild speculation. To begin with. And secondly, like, so not something. Like, I'm like the craziest Swift. I'm like literally insane. But like, that is so to me, like, it's just, it's, I understand if people relate to that, to the music that way, but it's like wild to say out loud and spread around. Okay. Yeah. So here's a Stan Twitter tweet of like where Dumois posts this fan theory and then comments on it. So he goes, kind of living for Taylor Swift's publicist coming for Dumois. This is another post Dumois currently has on their story. Seems really freaking weird to be blasting the topic of someone allegedly having a miscarriage based on a blind item to your 2 million followers. So 
email joe at your losing me dot com subject midnight's a bonus track I've always figured you're losing me was a song about a couple growing apart after a pregnancy loss. Remember looking in the room, this quoting lyrics, we loved it cause the light, a nursery. Do I ever throw out anything we build or keep it? Baby furniture. The air is thick with loss and indecision. The pulse slash heartbeat throughout. Cause like there's a, okay, these are all indicators of what's going on with the song that lead to miscarriage. So if the blind from September 2021 about a pregnant A-list pop star was not about Taylor and she had a miscarriage, it would make sense if they handled the emotional response differently in the aftermath. She could have written the song about growing apart in December 2021, but it doesn't mean that they didn't keep working on it until sometime in 2023. I'm not sure what the drama is with the Swifties. There are enough sightings of them into 2023 to verify that they were still a thing. Also, I believe you do about the ceremony. It would def be possible to find out you're expecting, plan a ceremony, experience pregnancy loss, then not make the marriage official with a license, especially if they were in an emotionally different place. Mm. I'm sorry. This is insane. There are a few straws that are being clutched out here, I fear. And by the way, though, what a dumb person to do this with. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know. I just, there's something about this that just feels like, I think maybe Dumois having like valuable IP with her book and her potential TV show and all this other stuff. I think her having that is like, what maybe could save her from this. But like mm. if Taylor Swift's team sues her, mm. because like there are, I mean, like this is very like kind of dangerous stuff to spread. And I'm like, I don't think I'm being like overly precious because it's Taylor Swift or anything. Like, I think that she, I, I, I think that, yeah, I, I just, I think that this is like the line. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such a painful thing to be kind of frivolous with it as a as a very stupid idea. And like it's okay like so many women deal with pregnancy loss. And like that's the thing that makes me also so sad about it because it's so fucking flippant. Mm-hmm. And like it's just like okay. So like if that's true Like, that's a terrible thing. You know, I don't know. It's just very, like, to me, weird moves. And, like, I enjoy, like, the fun and the sizzle of a blind item. I love them, Mm -hmm. you know? But I I think, like, this is a murky area. Yeah, I agree. It's not gossip, you know? No. No. But... I uh, want to yeah, hear that I mean, someone I'm got surprised. drunk at a party. Not that <laughs> someone got drunk at a party and like shat in a fishbowl. That's the kind of blind item I want to. I want to get into. Oh my god, absolutely! Like shitting on a glass table. Yes, you know, like that's <laughs> shout out to all the blind readers who know who I'm talking about right now, baby. But this is yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of fun I'm looking for in a blind. But this is, yeah, this is, um, and also, like, how insane to let a Taylor Swift fan, like, come in with their lyric analysis. I know, as if it's, like, factual information. It could be about, like, a friend who experienced that. Mm-hmm. 
It could be about it could literally be about nothing like it could that. be about a bad burrito. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so there like is this great article that came out on the Daily Beast about some interesting stuff if there were to be a lawsuit levied against Dumois mm. by Taylor Swift and company. And it's very notable, according to this writer, who I would have credit, Helen Holmes. It's linked in the show notes. She says that, like, you know, obviously Taylor Swift is litigious, so, like, it's not impossible that this would happen. But that Tree's statement itself was very smart and very particular and read a little bit more like legalese than a blat- like just like a full-blown statement about mm-hmm. you fucked over my client. When she says that there's pain and trauma caused by it, she is technically setting up a damages case. Mm. Because in order to prove da- like in order to prove like defamation or a lot of things you have to prove that there was there was actual damages there. And so referring to emotional pain is kind of braille, okay? It's mm-hmm. a warning shot, if not a check your email on Monday. So when Dumois posts that Tree Pan gets paid to lie for Taylor and she doesn't get paid. <laughs> okay. She she doesn't get any money from this, by the way. Dumois I mean, is doing no. a, a it's a pub, it's a nonprofit. <laughs> Dumois is a nonprofit organization. <laughs> <laughs> so she when she said that, she said in the at the end of the thing, I'm sorry to Taylor, which is admitting culpability. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, like, you do, like, you don't duke things out like this in public. Mm-mm. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, it's, you just don't, and you would think, like, Dumois would have a better set of backup resources. Like, it's widely rumored, or maybe even possibly so, I'm not 100% sure, that Dumois is owned by, like, a corporate entity now. Oh, Really? I think so. I think that's been the thing is that like, Dumois got funded and like is not just being run on Instagram ads alone. Oh, that was one of Someone my predictions. Yeah. So anyway, like this will just be interesting. It's in- It will be interesting to see what happens here because I think that a lot of people don't like Dumois. For, for sometimes reasons because like what they publish is true. But also, I think that the, you know, she just lacks discretion, mm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's always been her way of muddying the waters a little bit and trying to protect herself. But when you get crazy like that and are like going up against, like, who, why the fuck would you fight with Taylor Swift's publicist? No. There's some people you really shouldn't be picking fights with. <laughs> This isn't like a guy on a CW show. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, do you remember when she was pumping that show Cruel Summer a few years back? I didn't watch it, but like some people did tell me like, oh, if you like Pretty Little Liars, you'll like this. I don't know if that was a lie either. But yeah, like, I mean, she's been making money from this for a long time. And 
Swifty clicks are valuable, you know? Mm. So, what do you think is going to happen? This is very dicey. What do you think is going to happen? I think we're going to see a a legal shot across the bow that's going to force a public apology and retraction that's going to feel very disingenuous and like it was written for her by her by somebody legal yeah on the main feed not in stories mm. and she's going to have to share that on her stories though yeah 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 in addition in you addition, know who yeah. goes for the main posts on Dumois? Exactly. Maybe but they'll head up re- reveal moi as well. Pinned post. Oh, oh, it is for, it is pinned for at least a calendar year. <laughs> that's in the that's in the contract. Cuz there's yeah. going to have to be some sort of like uh if you don't do this again, your fucking life is over, bitch. But by the way, like the deal with Dumois, right? It's always very smart to protect yourself when you're like basically posting unsubstantiated rumors mm-hmm. about celebrities. But Dumois' identity is literally listed on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So they're going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know, man. Wild, you know. But I also understand impulsivity, not trying to sympathize, but like, you know, I want to give some grace <laughs> <laughs> and say I've acted impulsively at, at times as well. So if you're freaking out, you know, just as hard as it is, put down the phone, go watch a movie. Yeah. Not that she asked, you know, but I'm working on my predictions. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. I have a running list. Like, I just don't know what it's going to be. Okay, so, Tiff, tell me about this Am I the Asshole? How did you find it? (gasps) I saw it retweeted. So I didn't get it fresh from the source, from the Reddit source, but I'd seen it retweeted into my feed with the context around it, which was, this is the scariest Am I the Asshole I have ever read in my life. And that was posted on Friday and it's already had 11 million views. It is real scary. And it's like the plot of a Lifetime movie or a book that I'm reading. Right. Okay. So like, I'm not reading ahead. I can't, I I wanted a freshie for this, Mm -hmm. but I am, I'm, I'm catching like three words a sentence over here. And I'm nervous. Right. Would you like me to read it to you in my sultry voice? Of course I do. I want that. Yeah, <laughs> of course I want that. Yeah. You want me to read you a story? Please. Michael, would you like me to read you a bedtime story? <laughs> yeah. I'm a teenage boy, so that's inappropriate. <laughs> like, come on now. Wait, what do the um, police sirens sound like where you live? They're like, wah, wah. Yeah. Wee, 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 wee. Oh my gosh. Maybe like that. No, that wait, that oh might be an ambulance. God. And by the way, this is a sound effects treat because normally we <laughs> save our sound effects for the afters, which is <laughs> where we talk in the privacy about other stuff. But normally we always open with a fun animal noise. We do. And Tiffany's very good. I mean, she's very good. <laughs> well, she I commits mean, on I a different commit. level than I do, you know? <laughs> 
I do love a sound effect. It's like police academy over there. You want to get over there, guys. It's great fun. You want to get there. Okay, let me put on my special voice for you. Okay. The post is titled, Am I the asshole for believing my daughter over a, quote, grown man? I don't know if I watch too many crime shows or if I'm just paranoid, so I've come here to ask. Last week I made chicken gnocchi soup. Sounds delicious. When it was almost done, I started helping my daughter with a school project. She got us both a bowl, and a few seconds later, my boyfriend runs into the room with a bowl and tells me to eat the bowl he has. I told him it was all the same, and he insisted that he wanted mine because it had more chicken. By the way, that's an annoying red flag. Being like... Yes, a woman needs protein. Yeah. Like, yes, okay, men can get protein, but women need that. We do. We need to be fortified. We absolutely do. If somebody came up to me and they were like, no, yours has more chicken, I want it. I would be like, well, then fuck off. Yeah. (sighs) That's just mean. Anyway. Thinking back now, I don't know how he would know that, considering my daughter dished it out. My daughter took the bowl he gave me and he and said she would eat it. He yanked it out of hand and said, no, it's for mum. I took the bowl and he went into the living room. I continued doing my daughter's project and I told her not to eat the soup. Twenty-ish minutes later, I walked into the kitchen to pour the soups out and he was still eating his. He asked why we didn't eat any and I said the cat got into it while we were waiting for it to cool down. He screamed, what? Was it your bowl? Cats can't eat that. I told him it was only a lick, but he's been stressed out watching the cat like a hawk, obsessive even. His reaction was very weird. Then it goes on. These accidents all happened before the soup incident over the span of six months. It wasn't one after another in a short period of time. Since then, my emergency money has gone missing. I keep money hidden just in case. I lost my older sister because she wasn't able to escape a dangerous situation. And I literally swore on her grave. I would never be in that position. After the soup incident, I went to get my money and it was gone. It was hidden and I changed the location every few months. I asked my daughter if maybe she found it and that she took it. I wouldn't be mad because I knew she couldn't have spent it. She said no. A few hours later, she tells me she forgot, but the other day, her and my boyfriend got pulled over and she saw my pink wallet in his glove box. I did not tell her which wallet it was or that it was even in a wallet. I decided to ask him. Hold on, let me figure that out. Wait a minute. So she said no. A few hours later, she tells me she forgot her daughter. How old is her daughter? Oh, I don't know. Okay. So let me, sorry, I just want to get this straight because this feels important. Mm. Okay. A few hours later, she tells me she forgot, but the other day, her and my boyfriend got pulled over and saw my pink wallet in his glove box. I did not tell her which wallet was in or that it was in a wallet oh the money the money okay okay i think i I think i got it okay my bad it's it's not super clear but yeah i guess the implication is that she was quizzing her daughter about is this money miss have you got the money her daughter was like no and then later on that day the daughter's like oh by the way i saw your wallet in his glove box and then the mom is like oh shit that was the wallet with the emergency money in it but the daughter didn't know that's what it was. For sure. No, I was like worried about my comprehension for a second. And you're right. I mean, listen, this woman's in a fucking dash, right? Like she's in a mad dash to get this out there. She has to. So yeah, I understand. Okay. I decided to ask him if he'd found it by accident. I'm assuming the wallet. He asked me why I was hiding a large amount of money. Quote, you know, you could never leave me. End quote. And laughed. 
He's never said anything like that before. I told him it was for my daughter's Christmas. He said no, he didn't find the money, but could use his credit card for gifts. I didn't tell him about my daughter seeing my wallet in his car. Now here are a few other things that have happened in the past few months that seemed random at the time, but now they don't. I have a severe allergy to latex. One day we were about to have Mm. sex and I glanced in the mirror we have by our bed and saw the condom wrapper was a different color. I stopped him because it wasn't latex free and he said it was a mistake and just an older one he had. We've been dating for over two years and he knows how serious my allergy is. My EpiPen that I keep was in my room is missing and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it was missing until I was searching for my money. I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Another odd thing is, one day he was following me down the stairs while I was carrying laundry and kicked the back of my leg and I fell. He said he slipped, but the stairs are wood and he was wearing his steel toe boots. At the time, I thought it was an accident. Am I overthinking this? My anxiety has been, an all-time, has been at an all-time high. Do I watch too much true crime? Here is why I think I might be the asshole. We have a good relationship. He loves my daughter like she's his. We split all shared bills and we both pull our own weight around the apartment. We don't fight. He has never so much as raised his voice at me. We are paycheck to paycheck, but bills are paid. I thought about going to my mum's house for a few days and asking him when I get there, when I'm safe about the money, but I don't have any money to do that now. She's on a fixed income and can't help. I feel stupid for being scared. Last night, I decided to check his car for my wallet and he caught me. I asked him for my money back and he tried playing dumb. I told my daughter, I told him my daughter saw it there. He told me she was lying. I told him I never told her about the money or the wallet. He said he was a grown man and kids lie all the time. I asked him once more for my money and he said, I'm not giving you money to leave me. I waited until he was in the shower to grab my cat and my daughter and we left. I can't take my cat with us to a shelter and the DV shelters are full. I was able to get us a night at a cheap motel. This exact situation is why I had money saved. I did everything right and now I'm screwed. I feel like I just blew up my entire life. He was trying to fucking kill her very triggering Mm. this is very triggering because you know the daughter is only sitting there thinking about something like your wallet was in the glove box because she knows there's something wrong Mm -hmm. and she's trying to help her mom solve it Mm -hmm. and like she doesn't know what it is but like this is what i'm i'm projecting here but like she doesn't know what it is But, like, she knows something is wrong. Because, like, why else? Like, unless there's a huge, like, you know, a thing where she said, like, you know, hide my wallet. You know what I mean? Like, if she had said that, which, like, like, I can't imagine why her daughter would, unless she saw him go in there and take all the money. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know this, not to, like, focus on that, but I'm saying, like, I'm feeling like the kid is like this old this old and this involved they've only been involved for two years she's mm-hmm. scared of this guy yeah for sure i mean yeah i mean yeah so there's an update it says she and her daughter and the cat are safe and away from this guy two she deleted the post and her account three i don't know of any gofundmes or anything like that to help them personally but i'm sure women's shelters and dv survivor organizations could use the donations and then they go on to post a, a bunch of shelters that could do with donations i believe people in the thread were saying reaching out and saying that they'd be able to help her financially and 
she kind of freaked and deleted the account. So I don't think it was a case of putting up a story to be able to get some some cash. It feels genuine to me. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so at all. No, this sounds real. This is exactly the kind of situation. Like, I mean, just think about men generally. Like, and then think of a single mom and like what they're up against. And then like the same kind of guy comes through, but she's like so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's scary. Yeah. Why do you think he was trying to kill her? Like she had to save cash. So it's not like she has money to take or anything. Like, do you think he was after her kid? Oh, I I did get a little tingle about that. Yeah. Like it feels like, I mean, I just watched a Lifetime movie that was not unlike this a little bit where it was a scenario where this sinister minister, spoiler alert for all the Mother May Sleep podcast crossover listeners, but we don't need to do that. You know what the movie is. You can just tell. So he like courts this mom, but is secretly going after her delinquent, recently turned 18, but still in high school daughter. Oh, and she's already got a little beef with her mom. So she's like willing to turn right away. And he has her up in an apartment and stuff. Oh, and like, you know, I just don't know. I, I'm I'm very curious about who. I'm very curious about how old this daughter is. Yeah. Yeah, Did I can't find say? any context. No. I obviously I tried looking for the post, but it had been deleted by that point. So yeah. There's a few things in the in some of the threads here which are horrible that they're necessary, but there are sort of tips and tricks for hiding things like money. Someone mm. said, as a side note, for women saving cash to leave an abusive husband or boyfriend, a craft box. We used to call them a sewing box or needlepoint. Guys don't tend to look there. Or whoever you do trust can hold your money or set up an account at a bank in their name. And That's smart. Yeah. So, someone said, I would absolutely recommend it if I go missing or if I die folder on your computer or in an email or send to a friend. Document any concerns there and make sure a friend has your location. When investigations happen, circumstantial evidence is still evidence. I mean, it's so fucking gross that it's like, well, you know, there's probably not a lot we can do while you're alive. But um, if he does kill you, it's probably good to have a folder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I want to, okay, like what else do you think could be his motivation? Life insurance? But like could she not just, if she was really, I mean it sounds like their finances are sorted, but, or do you think maybe he took out a policy on her? Maybe a policy on her. Taylor's oldest time. I think the thing is, is with like single parents especially, I don't know, like this is one way I just think of it, you know? Like- they are they are so in over their heads. Mm. Like imagine being a parent, period, with like a totally loving and involved partner. And imagine like not having that child not having grandparents or aunts or uncles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like her mom is like the only thing she has really. I think that for like some single parents, when someone comes along 
and can like take a little bit of a load off, that is a huge relief. Mm-hmm. And so I could see finances going to the wayside quickly, especially depend. I mean, it's been a rough few years economically. Yeah. And she said that they split everything, which is, I mean, especially if you've been doing everything on your own and then suddenly another person comes in and and basically takes half the burden, you find yourself with a little extra breathing room all of a sudden, but they're still living paycheck to paycheck. But he doesn't want to kill the cat. (laughs) Not kill the cat. But it's a great cat. Ho- I mean, hopefully. I've just been like, my, I'm so mind-bent mm. by also, this. It, like, it would be so sus, though, like if he had managed to succeed and the cat suddenly dropped dead. Right. That would be so sus that like you'd be onto them. The other thing that I can't stop thinking so about. Oh, T, Tiffany, that's deep. Especially if the older's, the daughter's old enough and cognizant enough. By the way. You know, should have the most protein? The growing child. Yeah, you got to give them to the growing girl. Every fucking person knows this. <laughs> and so it's just, yeah, I, I, um, yes. I mean, I, I, I like, I would like to hear from other people if like there is another option that we're not considering that's off the map. Like, I feel like an MIT student could figure out what's going on here <laughs> if he doesn't want to kill her yeah 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 or why he might want to do this because like i'm going straight to he's trying to steal the child Mm. and like manipulate her and like fuck up her life Mm. uh or he may yeah maybe he has some financial interest but it sounds like they're tight on money and um and maybe he wants the cat Maybe he wants the cat. That's what I'm thinking. He seems very into the cat. It's he weird that like up. when she talks about, you know, there are just these few anon- anomalies, but generally their relationship is good, that he's very, you know, he splits everything and she hasn't had any real suspicions before. They have a good relationship. He's never so much just raised his voice at her. So she's like, am I being a bit of an asshole and sort of overly paranoid? The thing that would have been the like mage red flag to me would be the the fact that he would find the money and his immediate assumption would be she's trying to leave me because then there's like a there's an element of guilty conscience there i'm just thinking like if billy found a stash of money i don't think his question would be are you using this to leave me it would be like oh are you saving this for something i'd rather no one have you yeah. Don't you think that maybe? Mm. Mm. That is a good point. Because maybe he's just like an incel at heart, you yeah. know? There and can be yeah. long-term incels. In fact, I think that's the majority of incels like go pretty long-term. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a really good point. What if her little, you know, her little sort of like bug out bag of cash he found it and was like, fuck this. If I can't have you, no one can. But it started with the chicken gnocchi soup, which nope. you know I love. As it, <laughs> like, if you're writing this novel, honey, if this is just someone writing a novel, do it. You had <laughs> me at soup, you know? I know you love soup, but here's the thing. it The, the gnocchi soup was the last thing that happened. Because the oh, accidents the happened, recent. yeah. The other things happened in the last six months. 
What do you think he put in there? I don't know. Because it must have not been very potent. Like, it must have been trying to build it up sort of thing. But, yo, if, like, if I, if my, like, anyone came from the next room and said, no, 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 you have this. Would, like, did she, like, she didn't even mention having served him first. Like, where's he getting this stray bowl of soup? Yeah, well, they said that the daughter had dished up the soup. Dude, this is breaking bad. The daughter has to be post-pubescent. Mm-hmm. I'm she's telling you, up soup. if she's yeah. ladling, I mean, I listen, I, I was doing some crazy shit when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't think ladling out of a, a community pod if there was two adults in the house is something I really would have been doing unless I was like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. Because I'm clumsy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's also, you know, the consistency of the soup, I'm imagining it will be quite brothy mm-hmm. with the but then it would also have the the gnocchi getting an even distribution of gnocchi, the protein, and the broth is a big girl job. It is a big girl job. And I do like that we're getting into the granular my cousin Vinny of this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I do enjoy that we're – I do enjoy this area of conversation. (laughs) I like – I and I would spend the rest of the episode doing hypotheticals with you. But like this is – I am – God, I hope this is one of those Reddit updates. I really hope that this is one of those like Reddit follow-up things. What's the Reddit called where they like, go back and like tell you the story of what happened and the update? Uh, Let me look it up. Um, I've, of course, I've got it right here. Best of Reddit updates? Yeah, oh. best of Reddit updates. Yeah. I'll share this in the show notes, but this is where they basically like go through like long-term stories on Reddit that people have been like, it's reasonably been haunting them what happened there. Yeah. And I feel like this is something, and I really hope this turns out for the best. I'm so hopeful for that because it seems like she has a very resilient spirit and is taking care of things and is practical and is going to take that advice and move with it Mm -hmm. she's you know sometimes people don't seem really ready to receive advice and this is this is very hopeful um i will say that someone said like that's like really thoughtful the way that she wrote about her cat because it's so true and it is sad because you can't just like check your cat into the shelter yeah you know and uh that would suck in the middle of everything else to lose your pet yeah I die. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing. Her she has her PayPal up. Well, I think when I was looking at the thread, there is a person who oh, is her. Scam. And then there are a couple of scammy scammers. And the person who is her said, I'm not gonna publicly tweet my like anything to fund me. So if you see them, there we go. I don't know how to post this so people see it, but there is an account with my picture and name giving out PayPal in the comments. This is not me. I will not post my handles publicly. Got it. Well, she did, I guess, right? I don't think so. She posted her, she posted the... The festive Cheyenne wrote, update number three, anyone who's giving uh, you PayPal links is a fraud. The real OP is Emily Noel 89 And she's not asked anyone for money or asked anyone to do anything or anyone to do so on her behalf please be careful yeah so 
Wait, is that what you were saying? Yeah. So she's basically saying that there are a lot of people who are posting as her on Twitter at the moment saying, this is my PayPal donate. Yeah. I mean, this feels dangerous too. Yeah. Even having her visage out there. I was wondering about that because there's a picture and I'm like, is that, I mean, it looks like a picture that was taken on a, like a MacBook camera on a photo booth. Not to go full catfish, but I'm going to just see if there's a, I've never done a reverse image search. I'm like nervous. Ah, <laughs> What's going to happen? Oh my God. Well, like Max and Neve. I do. I feel like Max and Neve. Like, I don't know which one I am. <laughs> Pigeon, please stop licking my hand, dog. I love you though. Okay. Wait, get off me. I love you. Get off me. Okay. So. There doesn't seem to be anything there. The thing, main thing that comes up is a website called Mobile Prince. Mm. And it goes to a girl at Jesse Girl 17. Your boobs are art print. Oh. oh, it might not be her. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe we shouldn't be looking her up. Oh, yeah, actually, don't do that. What are you guys crazy? Yeah, don't 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 look anything up. Yeah, just stay offline. Yeah, get get off get off the computer. We'll do it. I gotta stay make a phone call. Get off the computer. <laughs> yeah, just get out of the mud, you fucking crazy freaks. Okay, sorry, trend dogs. We love ya. I feel like Pigeon knows George Santos because she is licking me up a storm right now. Oh my god! It's like she's trying to clean me as a favor, so I'm less upset. <laughs> When I find out what she's associating with. She's not even really his good friend. He just always buys drinks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know a lot about George Santos, you know? So like George Santos, I'll just tell you my version. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be smart about it, y'all, like go ahead and like Google it. (laughs) No, like, I mean, I literally can't sit here telling people who George Santos is. That's insane, right? No. Oh, I, I, of I know of fact. him. I'm I not, know. Yeah, I'm not researching him. No, but, he's some sort of political figure in your country who I always see cunty little clips of him. Okay. So, like, yes, and that's right. Yes, 100% dead on. So, like, basically, he is a senator or no, a congressman from. I want to say Pennsylvania. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Pigeon, please. I, I I I can't. She's sitting on my long hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know when you have one hand that feels longer than the other? She's sitting on my long hand. Oh, so no. I okay. So, George Anthony DeVolder Santos is an American politician who served in the U.S. Uh, served as the U.S. representative for New York's 3rd Congressional District from January to December 2023. A member of the Republican Party, he was elected to Congress in 2022 after running unsuccessfully in 2020. Santos became the first openly LGBT member elected to Congress as a non-incumbent Republican. He was expelled from Congress on December 1st, 2023, which made Santos the sixth person to be expelled in the history of the House and the first Republican to be expelled. Oh, I just want to see who the other six are after this. But so this is the deal with how George Santos won, to my knowledge. 
So there's a small area of New York that in its original district was pretty red with some blue. And I believe it might have flipped blue during the 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 last election. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, it was very close. This is what I remember from it wasn't Marcus, but like some TikTok news person that like explained the news maybe a little bit more congenially. I don't know. So he like they redistricted at the last minute. And he was the only Republican that was running in his district all of a sudden. And so because the entire district votes Republican, he won. Now, like, in the way that we've talked about George Santos on the show, it's like, I think maybe we talked about how he went on Piers Morgan once people found out he was lying about certain things. And... Piers was just like, but you lied on your campaign website. And it's like, well, yeah, like, but that's not. I don't even think in America he has an obligation to be honest on that website. (laughs) Okay, You know what I mean? Uh But like he had like made this whole list of major accomplishments, struggles he had been through things that people are supposed to read and obviously think like, oh, wow, this man has like really gone through so, so many things that are just, you know, like uh, as New Yorkers, we can't deny this because we start out with like him lying about his mom being a victim of 9-11. Even though she was living in Brazil, which is interesting because like, isn't that what Tanya had, the woman who pretended to be Maybe she was, maybe she was from Spain, oh. but Tanya Head, the woman who pretended to be in nine eleven and like wound her wound up being all the way to like the chair of like the nine eleven survivors foundation. <gasps> oh, so not only did he steal, like steal the valor, but he also he stole it from someone who had already stolen it. <laughs> Potentially, or maybe like Brazil's just kind of jealous of 9 11. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they're like, oh, we're like not so far. And like, that's really upsetting. And we probably get a lot of American media. I mean, maybe they're just jealous in Brazil. Who knows? I'm kidding, you guys. Don't freak (laughs) out. (laughs) What do you think? Do I think that Brazil is jealous of 9 11? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, anything's possible. <laughs> There's maybe a small contingent, and that's all I'll say. It's just, I'm saying like two out of millions is something. So here's a little thing. There's a link in the show notes. It's like a little infographic. Is that what you would call this? Mm-hmm. The George Santos cheat sheet. This has a boogie energy, boogie 90, 94 energy or whatever, <laughs> where you get a nice little neat little cheat sheet of all of their indiscretions and crimes. Yes. And also it feels like at a certain point, you're like, you're being too confessional. Like some of the stuff, it's like, dog, this is like, I don't know why this feels like one massive overshare. And I know that you 
<laughs> don't have any control over your cheat sheet at a certain point. But like a lot of this stuff is so personal. And what's crazy is that literally all of this is stuff that is probably on the record somewhere or at least fact checkable. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to do your sultry reading for the list or should I should we trade them? Let's trade them. Okay, so after the 9-11 attacks, we've got lied about being Jewish. Lied about his grandparents surviving the Holocaust. Lied about having employees killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting, which is like wild, by the way. Yeah. Like that's just like, that's like a wild one out there for like no reason. (laughs) Not that any of this has a reason, but do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, this next one I would also put into that category of for no reason, which is lied about his niece being kidnapped and under what circumstances like Mm -hmm. when he was probably like supporting some racist bill under the guise that it's like trafficking do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of thing that it's like the it's like the sound of freedom effect it's like preying on people's like probably sincere to begin with fears that they or someone they love is going to be kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Sick. Sick. Lied about where he went to high school. Lied about graduating from, is it Baruch College? I don't know, honey. Yeah. I've been like, that's one of the ones that made me laugh too, because I'm just like, who even knows what that is? Like, he didn't even pick something particularly aspirational. <laughs> like, if he said like Harvard or something, like, I'd be like, okay, I get it. But like, Baruch College, like, did he. I think I think maybe that region was important for his donations. Ah, got it. I don't know. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. Lied about being in the star of the Baruch volleyball team. Which is like, duh, because like he didn't even go to the college. So why was he on the volleyball team? <laughs> I love the depth of that lie. Uh, lied about getting his master's at NYU. Lied about working at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Lied about his employment at Linkbridge Investors. Worked as an investment, worked at an investment firm accused by the SEC of a being a Ponzi scheme. Charged with credit card fraud in Brazil. Lied about being a landlord and owning 13 properties. Shout out Taylor Swift. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you think that's like his inner Swifty? Maybe. <laughs> Good luck. Lied about founding an animal charity and personally pocketed donations. Stole money from a disabled vet whose dog was dying. That's so bad. Like, that's the one that it's like, oh, my God, like, you didn't need to do that. That's like that's like stealing the like selling of a, a dead bird to a blanket and dumb and dumber. Like it sounds like a vil- like a cartoon villainous move. Yes. It's like he's so bad. He stole money from a disabled bat whose dog was dying. <laughs> so do you think that when he stole money from a disabled vet whose dog was dying that that has that this has to do with let's place our bets later the campaign fraud or having something to do with this like dog ring he had dog ring okay yeah because he's accused of writing bad checks to purchase puppies then selling the puppies how very very cruella of him indicted on two counts of wire fraud indicted on two counts of making materially false statements to the fec 
indicted on two counts of falsifying records submitted to obstruct the FEC. Indicted on two counts of aggravated identity theft. Accused of skimming credit cards from ATM machines in Seattle. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is where it's like, we get to this area where it's just both so fucking funny. Yeah. This is, I'm sorry. This is all like, I should be laughing. I should be laughing, but I'm like, I'm a little too tuned in right now. Yeah. But like, this is very funny. (laughs) Skimming the credit card thing is like, it's like so perfectly in the middle. Because it's so petty, but it's also so funny, but I've had that done to me. Mm. And it's a, it's a wreck. It's a nightmare. To like go through some, the Home Depot near me had like a thing. And I was at Home Depot buying some plants probably and got skimmed. Fuck. Defrauded donors and then had to, then had them donate 50K to his LLC instead of his campaign. That's what Colleen Ballinger was accused of is moving her massive donations every year from her cancer fundraiser to her personal bank account. Mm -hmm. So through Miranda Singh's LLC. So that's interesting because I mean, not to make it about that, but I'm just realizing. So many campaign donors didn't exist or claim to have not donated. Spent campaign funds on personal expenses like Sephora, <laughs> Hermes, OnlyFans, and Botox. Gotta say, oh, work. <laughs> like, come on. Like, by the way, Hermes is like so, it's so over the top. Yeah. Like, there's so many respectable brands in the middle that he could have gotten and gotten something not necessarily flashy. You know, you can buy more, uh, Quiet luxury, as Charles Gross would say, pieces <laughs> without going to Hermes. But that is, he's a queen. Like, he literally is. So, collected 24K in unemployment <gasps> benefits while employed in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> Stole the identity of family members. Used campaign donors' credit card info to make additional campaign donations. Submitted fraudulent campaign finance filings to the FEC. Lied about personal loans to his campaign to inflate his fundraising numbers. Reimbursed himself for loans he didn't make. Lied about marriage. (laughs) Sorry. This is my favorite. Lied about his marriage and divorce to a woman. (laughs) Was a drag queen in Brazil. Lied about acting in Hannah Montana and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. (laughs) Lied about acting in a movie with Uma Thurman. Lied about helping to produce Spider-Man turn off the dark. Lied about being a journalist and executive for Brazilian media giant Globo. Claimed he was the target of an assassination attempt. Hilarious. It's all ridiculous. No, but like, I honestly think like he's what we deserve. (laughs) And then I mean this in like a real way. Like George Santos should be the fucking lesson. Like, the stuff that he's been accused of here is, like, so insane that you almost have to respect it. I know what you mean. It's very cartoonish. It's quite funny. Like, this is the kind of girl bossing that, like, I'm missing from, like, an Anna Delphi. Yes. Or a Caroline Calloway, where it's like, sure, they did things, but was anything like this? (laughs) Like, what does he mean his employees died in the Pulse shooting? I know. And like, 
amongst these lies is something about the fucking volleyball team. Like, <laughs> this is all just so, like, that's the thing about the grievances, right? All these, like, things that he's done is that some of them are so fucking stupid and some of them are so serious. Mm-hmm. 9-11, Holocaust. Pulse shooting. Drag queen. (laughs) He's drag queen. I know. He's putting himself at the center of all this. And just one thing to remember about Santos is like, he truly is a bad boy, bad boy. Because he, you know, got into Congress and immediately started backing some of the most, like, hateful policies. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't even, like, killing it. I mean, he's loyal to no one. I know. Here's the thing, though. Is he truly a hateful person, or was he easily buoyed and swayed by holding a seat of power and was like, yeah, whatever, I'll I'll endorse that. What am I going to get for it? Oh, no, that's exactly what I mean. I don't oh, right. think he believes any of that. No, no, no. Like, no. I, he doesn't buy – I don't think – I think he's godless. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that he has nothing he stands for. Mm-hmm. He stands for nothing. Nothing means anything. It is all just a pa- – it's like, catch me if you can. Uh-huh. He's a useful idiot to those with uh, actual power and actual agenda. Absolutely. But also, can we even just talk about the fact that no one Googled this man? I know. No one called and said, like, in all of his years, like, you would think that, like, at, let's say, some, like, ridiculous conservative person goes to tour Barach College or whatever it's called, okay? Let's say they go. And they're like, oh, Senator George Santos went here, right? Like, where did he live on the campus? Mm -hmm. The tour guide's got to say, nope. Who? (laughs) Well, like, or yeah, or just like, oh, like, you know, at some point, someone in the office has to look that up. So I'm just like, I'm just so, I'm so confused. Like, I, I, let me look up. This is, I mean, like, that's the thing. Again, I can't even stress how surprising it is to me that this is the college he chose to make up from being from so lord give me the confidence of someone like like truly the the older i get the more i realize that like the majority of people are really just fucking like a, a, a faking and lying and uh and and not like you know and not playing by the same rules as everybody else and it is quite illuminating because here's the thing you can just mm-hmm. kind of do whatever you want and to some extent get away with it like really truly like you really can this is i take you back to my truancy days i believed i could and i did i barely yeah. attended that school what did jenny mcgann do she tried it that one time and she didn't have the confidence she didn't put a whole pussy into it and she got caught before she'd even stepped outside the gate but there are people like santos who are just like yeah i'm running a puppy mill what about it yeah I mean, wow. Like, he really does. Do you think he's, like, undiagnosed? Like, I feel like he has unmedicated ADHD. 
Like, I'm not even going to lie because this whole resume is like off the fucking charts. Do you know what I mean? I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's like giving. you got a hyper fixation on breeding pit bulls or yeah, something one yeah. summer and then was just like selling them illegally on Craigslist. Yeah. And, like, in a way that he didn't even need the money. You know what I mean? And like, absolutely lied to them. And we're like, yeah, you're getting a golden retriever. And it's like a half a pit bull and half a fucking Yorkie like it's just it's gonna it's one of those things yeah yeah so okay you know listen so we got kicked off of Congress this week he got kicked off they voted him out the (laughs) the sixth one for that to ever happen to I wanted to look at oh I have the info on Baruch College okay officially the Bernard M. Baruch College is a public college in New York City it is a constituent college of the City of University system, named for a financier and salesman, Bernard M. Baruch. The college operates undergrad and postgraduate programs through Zicklin School of Business and the Weizmann School of Arts and Scientists and mm. the March School of Public Internal Affairs. So I do think that this does, and I don't want to be an ignoramus, y'all. Like, I'm literally not. Like, maybe this is the cream of the crop and I just don't know but it sounds like this is probably a pretty great business school which would make sense for why he's lying about it yes yeah it's part of the SUNY system though like this isn't like yeah I mean like it's interesting good for you boy you know I mean crazy lie but I can see that helping with his constituents yeah yeah a believable lie too something that's like Sorry, I read that really quickly. I was on the Wikipedia when it said Baruch College is one of the senior colleges in the CUNY system. I read, and it's CNUI, obviously, as in capital letters. And I read that as Cunty. <laughs> yeah, no, it does look like it does look like Cunty. It absolutely does. Okay, guys, we're gonna go over to the afters. Yeah, that's what we'll be. That's where we're. That's where we're gonna be. Yeah, I forgot to put the link last week in the description. But if you want to come listen to the after show, come on over to our Patreon. That'll be linked this week as well as if you're on Apple, just hit subscribe. You know, approve your face, do the thing, and you can join <laughs> our um, Solid Listen Plus, which has the afters as well as a bunch of other bonus shows and stuff we do. This week we're talking about Kim Kardashian dad challenge podcast i think and like Mm -hmm. maybe some other stuff so all right you guys tiff thanks for being here even though you don't feel well and thank you for having me i was really ready everyone yeah nourish your inner michael please do yeah nourish your michael all right you guys we love you and we'll talk to you soon bye bye Delta cheese tonight. Told the baby I got cheese tonight.
tonight, get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC, low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow, like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another back to quarterback at recess? No rushing. You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission, no rush. This ain't UT, why your shirt orange like a pump? Mama call me, ask me how college is. I said, bless. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.